And you're welcome along to another edition of Across the Line with me, Shane Brophy. Your Friday evening build-up to the sporting weekend in the Premier County. And on this week's show, we'll be looking ahead to the quarterfinals in the FP Insurance County Hurling Championships, uh, a mammoth uh, selection of games across the weekend. And we'll be looking ahead to those with a Tip FM sports editor, Paul Carlin, in the Tracy of the Tipperary Star. We'll hear from new Tipperary senior camogie manager Dennis Kelly on his appointment uh, earlier this week. And we'll get reaction to it and look forward to the senior camogie championship quarterfinals with uh, Geraldine Kinnan. We'll also have the weekend's local soccer fixtures for the FAI Junior Cup uh, gets underway in t- Tipperary. And as ever, we'll talk dogs with Barry Drake looking ahead to tomorrow's Irish Derby final at Shelburne Park. So all that and more over the next 55 minutes or so. So stay tuned and we'll begin with GA as the knockout stages of the County Hurling Championships uh, continue this weekend, spearheaded by the four senior quarterfinals, all of which you can hear live here on Tip FM uh, across the weekend, beginning on uh, 4 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, drum and inch up against Lockmore Castellani. Stephen Gleeson and John Ryan will be bringing the game in association with a seesaw. Um, on, at a 5.45, it is Kilroan McDonough's against Tumivara and uh, Stephen Gleeson and former Tipperary player and manager Michael Ryan will bring you that game live in association with Aurier Owen Dillon and Nina and then on to Sunday the two quarterfinals are J.K. Rackens up against Upper Turn from Ban at Simple Stadium 2 o'clock Paul Carroll and Ken Hogan will be calling the action and Paul and Shane McGrath will be in the commentary box for the final quarterfinal Kiladangan against Clonolty Rossmore at 3.45 both those games will be brought to you in association with Seesaw South Tipperary and to look ahead to those games I'm joined here in studio by Tip FM sports editor and commentator Paul Carroll and Enda Tracy of the Tipperary Star Agency welcome to the show good to have you along uh, Paul I'll start with you um, I know you're outside uh, prepping for, for the weekend a busy weekend but an exciting one not not just with the senior action but between intermediate premier intermediate relegation minor under 13 camogie as well it's just it's a mammoth weekend of Gaelic games yeah one of those weekends Shane as you know yourself when you're putting looking at uh, how to put your sport for the week together it's uh, one of those ones that writes itself um, just looking at it in the, the top the top four grades there's 19 champion or knockout games between um, senior, Premier, Intermediate, Intermediate, and Junior A County quarterfinals. So, um, yeah, an, an easy week to be talking sport in Tipperary. That's for sure. That's it. And I'm sure it's the same with you and then same with myself in with the Guardian. How trying to fit it all in and trying to get to as many matches as possible. It's it, it's going to be very very difficult this weekend. It's going to be very busy. I suppose it's it's Christmas for us in our trade at the moment. Uh, look, you're looking at the schedule and outside of work, you're wondering which matches you're going to get to go to. Trying to plan your weekend. So. Look, this is this is why we love the club hurling. You know, it's just like giving up about split seasons and whatnot. But I haven't even thought about intercounty yet for the last week. It's been all building up to this weekend, so it's savage entertainment for for Gales and Tipperary. And uh, Sharon, we'll we'll suppose we'll begin by uh, looking at the get this big senior games, the first quarter final, drum and inch against Lockmore Castellani. Probably the tide around, and like if we get, hopefully, if we get the the game, we we. We expect it could really ignite the whole weekend. It's uh, the makings of a savage match. Look, we have the the local angle as always with these two teams, and look, Drum probably have been many people's standout team in the championship. Um, Lockmore and Kildang, and uh, at the start of the year, you'd have you'd have put as some of the favourites to retain it, but with Drum have been savage all year, and the way they're playing suits the team to have, and on paper they're very strong and. 
lucky in the last days because they didn't need to win that game against Barcelona. But even when they weren't playing well, they dug it out. So, you know, there, there's several ways that they can win it. But look, Lockmore haven't been at full capacity. Look, when you're missing John McGrath, you're, you're taking a massive scoring threat out of the team. But oh, at the same time, I've I've been talking to a few people out drum direction the last couple of days and. They're very nervous about this game. They know what Lockmore bring to every knockout game in football or hurling. So, you know, it's 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 really shaping up to be a tight one. Yeah, no, Paul, you you called um, Lockmore's football win over Kilsheelan last weekend, and the, the the tighter the game, the stronger they get. Yeah, it's they almost, just know how to do it. Yeah, exactly. When it comes down to the knockout games, it's almost like they nearly. It's like the game is always played on their terms. If you, if you get me, but um, yeah, last week in the football, even they kind of they had John Maher started on the bench and only come on the last 10 minutes, so I don't know if he's been minded for, for the hurling or was he carrying a knock, but he did the warm-up and all that, so he should be uh, raring to go at the weekend. And Willie Eviston went off uh, with a hamstring injury in the first half, but talking to Frankie McGrath after that, he said that uh, he should be expected to play this weekend, but yeah, when it comes to um, Lockmore Castellani in, in knockout hurling, it's just it's you can never rule them out no matter who they're missing and I'm not sure if you know if they have uh, Kieran Connolly back this weekend. Um, yeah, I suppose he did play, uh, came off the bench against Aero Ganacarty. So you'd like to think if he, there, there, there's this possibility of getting time in, in in his legs and I suppose that that's where ended. That's where that, I suppose the pressure comes on. I think Drum have been seen as probably being the team of the group stage so far. Um, but look, the, there's a bit of expectation on them now, and I suppose from their point of view, if if they can get through this. This weekend, it'll give them a massive confidence going into the rest of the campaign. Absolutely. Look, if you um, derail the, the reigning champions in a knockout game, your confidence is going to go through the roof. They've had a few poor enough years where they just haven't got to the pitch of it. Um, but for, for whatever way they're hurling, we know that the half-back line is platform for them and they're running it from deep. And they just seem to be... Well, early in the championship, they seem to be in a different level in terms of conditioning than a lot of other teams. They've just been running way further than a lot of teams in all the matches and look if, if if they can get a win over Lockmore they know how hard it is to beat Lockmore and the confidence it gives you is just it's um, it's hard to gauge it but look the, the, the first 15 they have is very strong on paper and they're bringing two, three, four subs of equal quality on as well when the game's in the melting pot so look they're in very good shape and if they can get a win over Lockmore they'll be they'll be very hard to stop yeah, you hopefully um I suppose the RT cameras are coming down to probably look as if Shamie Callan and, and Walter Graf if they two those two hit form it could pull the rest of the, the players from both sides along with them. And um, moving on to the second quarter final, five forty five, the the all north clash, Killerwan McDonough's against uh, Toomey Var. And I'll start with you, you you're a a two man. Um there's nothing to suggest that Killer One shouldn't be warm favourites, but I this is this is Toom, this is the there's one big game June and we haven't seen it yet. Is there anything to suggest it might come tomorrow? Well, I'm sure hoping it comes, Shane, but uh, we, we, overall, look, you couldn't be argued that Killer are favourites for the game. We, bar maybe 10 or 15 minutes in the second half of the Holy Cross game, we haven't really hit a consistent patch of hurling. Um, the last day against Upper Church, look, conditions were bad. You can make all the excuses you want. We just, we didn't hurl well for any of it. Um it's 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 hard to know if we can pull it out of the bag now. Um, we've we tend to up our game against the opposition. Maybe when we're underdogs, we tend to play a little bit better. I don't know. The group probably lent itself to the fact that any of the four teams could come through, and maybe the <laughs> playing teams of equal standard doesn't bring the best out of us. If you know that kind of way, we tend to up our game against the better teams. So that'd be my hope going into it. But um, look, Killer One, 
minus Craig Morgan, you'd think there's a bit of hope there that maybe they wouldn't be as strong otherwise. So, look, I, I know at the bookies probably had Killer on as warm favourites, but whenever Toom and Killer on played in any grade, there's never more than a puck of a ball in it, so it'll be a tight one. No, I, I think Paul, like it, it's it's a massive opportunity for both teams. Like Kilroan, probably looking last year, poor first half against Lockmore probably cost them. And they'll be hoping if they get off to a, a strong start, to, I suppose play the game on their terms, they'll be able to maybe hold Tumivara at arm's length. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a, a talent on the field in this game, and as you're both saying, like. With Killer One being favourites, but as I'd see it, similar enough to you, only being a puck of the ball. And I've seen both teams a couple of times this year. And although you know, Craig Morgan is a huge loss to any team, of course he is. But when you can put Night O'Mara back, centre back, you know, that's not a half bad replacement to put in there. So I suppose looking at, at Tumi Vara, um, I thought Jack Delaney's been very impressive from what I've seen from him so far this year. Um, and then John Toom have a lot of experience there as well, like Joey Malachny, David Young. They're players who just have the wise heads on them. They know what to do. They won't be intimidated by the kind of county quarterfinal inside in, in, in um, inside in Semple Stadium. Not many Toom lads will be, but um, so yeah, it just has all the makings of a very tight game. And I'd be yeah, pocket the ball in it is how I see it as well. Yeah, and like you, you think that probably more than maybe the high-profile match winners are with Killer One if Nine O'Mara fires if. Keen Darcy fires Jerome Cahill yeah. and like um, I suppose from a Tipperary point of view be interesting if, if Keen O'Kelly has a big game Jack Delaney or two mm. on the other side so um, like it probably it's it, it, it's a game that has the potential to if if these two could if they draw the best out of each other because they're traditional rivals it could be the game of the weekend that's it and as I said like, there's so much scoring power even on, on both sides as we were saying and, and just talent in general like you know there's Ryan's there from Toomey Vara Josh McCarthy playing well like Andrew Ryan at full back you know he's playing some of the best stuff I've seen him play he's been been unreal for Toom this year and then you know as you said Keane Darcy Jerry Kelly or sorry Jerry Cahill um, Keno Kelly, like you know, there's so many lads. Willie Cleary, um, you know, there's so many lads that can that can put up scores on both sides. So yeah, all the makings of a great game on, on Saturday evening. And moving on to Sunday, the first quarter final at Simple Stadium, J.K. Brackens up against the Upper Church Drum Band, uh, the third championship meeting of the sides this year. Um, of course, Upper Church have the bragging rights from last Sunday's football, but Brackens did beat them in the mid semi final a couple of months ago. Brackens went on and won their first mid. Upper Church are still waiting. Um, even though you think Brackens would be sore from last weekend, I'd say Upper Church won't have forgotten that mid semi final defeat either. No, definitely not. And I suppose just, I've seen JK Brackens a couple of times now this this year, and they're they've got serious talent all over the field. Even the last day against Nina, they, I think it only took them until the second half where they realised, hold on a minute, we can push Paddy Cadell up up the field here because we we have. Good, good enough lads um, that can fill in in the half back line and you know they they just turned it on completely in that second half and they have the talent to do that so I, I, haven't, I haven't actually seen Upper Church yet this year but you know I think they haven't conceded a goal in five games in, in their championship games this year so they're always going to be a tough team to beat but you know, J.K. Brackens with Shane Burke the form he hit the last day and Andrew Ormond has been class from what I've seen so far this year and all around the field, they've, they've good hurlers. They've two good midfielders, Dean McEnroe and Carl Scully there as well. And, you know, they're, they're a very good team from what I've seen, but I haven't seen Upper Church, so it's hard for me to compare. But um, I definitely have this probably the closest game of the weekend. Yeah, I think and it's the fact that they're so familiar with each other, it could be maybe the most low-scoring, maybe most tactical. Um, 
you would think Upper Church's form this year, apart from maybe that narrow loss to Brackens, has been very, very good. It'll be interesting to see if Brackens approach changes this weekend because we definitely saw in that last 20 minutes against Zena when they pushed up when they went man for man they, they their, their, their forward line looked way more potent Absolutely look it seems to me that that's preordained and I think they're content enough to, to keep it tight for 45-50 minutes and as I said the last day against Nina they really really come out of the blocks Shane Burke really pulled back the ears it was like he was hurling for tape in 2015 said some serious stuff and in Andrew Orwin, you have a forward that, look, Liam Cattle will definitely have him on the radar. He's just a, a player playing at the top of his towers at the moment. And, and like, he only needs a sniff of a goal chance or a point chance, and he's going to be taking it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, look, if, if Jacob Brackens can get to the last 10 or 15 minutes and the match is close, based on what we've seen so far this year, you'd fancy them to pull through. But, look, we've seen Upper Church there in the last group game. They're very hard to break down, and they're a very fit team. and. They're a, play, they're a club with huge confidence at the moment. They're going very well, and and they're and 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 it's and it's a team. Like there's yeah. no one player. There's no two players. They're reliant yeah. on. Like it's uh, they're as balanced as they come. Absolutely, yeah. Look, when you have a set, a set of backs in a good midfield, um, look, and they're keeping the scores low. It's going to be a tight game, scoring wise. There, you know, there, there are two teams that you know you can see the football philosophy in them as well. Um, so look, if 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 Upper Church can keep Andrew Armand quiet, they'll be confident that they can they can get over the line. But I think the bookies have it nearly evens for both sides, so it'll tell you how close it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, the final quarter final on Sunday afternoon, Kildangan up against Clonoty Rossmore, three forty five. And um, Paul, I suppose look, it'll be poignant Sunday first time, and I think he's at fifty one days since. Yeah. Kirk sadly passed away on the field down in Simple Stadium or, or fell to the ground uh, um, it's I suppose it will be it will be difficult for Clonolty and I suppose one wonders I suppose if they get to the pitch of the game and uh, maybe use maybe getting back there as, as a focus and uh, I suppose as a driving force um, it'd be fascinating to see how they take the game to Kildangan because I think a lot of people look at Kildangan as maybe being the the favourites of the, the maybe the favourites of the last day, but they haven't maybe fired an all cylinder so far. Yeah, and that's probably the scary thing about Kildangan is they probably haven't fired at all cylinders yet, but they're coming in. They've they've got five points in the group mm. stage, one two, drawn one, and now they kind of have everyone back. You know, Decky McGrath's back now, and and Willie Connors is you know he ha- has all the games behind him now, so he's full fitness and. As I was saying to you, their squad depth is just unbelievable. Like some of the lads on the Kiladangan bench, you know, any other club team would, would have them starting, you know, so they have serious quality there. But yeah, for Clonality, you know, there's no getting around it. It is going to be tough for those players um, going back to uh, to Semple Stadium. Yeah, it's going to be 51 days since uh, that tragic night uh, on that Friday evening at the start of August. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough for them, all right, but. Um, you know, I'm sure that the last couple of games were tough for them as well, and, and they've. You know, I wasn't at the killer one game now, but you know they they gave it their all, and it was only um, a point or two in it for a finish, and then obviously the big win against Thurles, and you know the, the manner they got the win with the last minute goal and stuff like that, like. You know that team is is so gelled together. I'd imagine at at the minute that they probably just feel that they can they can get through anything together at the moment. And yeah, it is going to be a, a tough one for them. You know, both both off the field and and on the field. But um, yeah, they've been they've been immense since you know everything that's happened to them. And you know, I think everyone in the county 
is kind of it's almost like their second team at the minute, you know. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they get to the pitch of the game. But um, for yeah, they're, they're going to have to because Kiladangan are, are a very good team um, with you know such. I think they've they've had like twelve different scores, you know, so they can beat you for many different ways. So yeah, it's going to be a, an exciting game. But yeah, interesting to see how how Clonalty, um approach it as well. Yeah, I suppose the thing from end of the, the Kiladangan point of view is like they, they've. They had guys who maybe who were injured, guys that were away during the summer, and they've they had to bring in new guys. And the last few weeks, I suppose, where they've been had they had a chance to go away and prepare. It'll be interesting to see what their what they perceive to be their best starting fifteen is at the moment. Will it be some of the the guys like Declan McGrath who were away and are back? Will he soon or back, or will the likes of John Tom O'Mara still be there? It's hard to know, Shane. Yeah, they've they've had a nice break now to. You know, try and level their pack out and see see what they're dealing with in training. And uh, Dara Egan will only know that going into the match. But look, they they haven't been playing well. I think we can see that. I've seen them a few times this year. While they've been doing a lot of things well, their shooting in particular has really let them down. Um, you know, against Arrow and Carty and Dolly, they must have hit nearly 20. I think they hit 20 wides in the game. Um, the likes of Paul Flynn, Sean Hayes, you know, hitting wides that are uncharacteristic for them, especially Paul Flynn and. When he's not firing, it takes away a big scoring uh, threat for them. Um, but look, Paul Flynn's been a big reason for for their success in recent years. He's he's a very good club hurler there, full forward for them. So, look, I, the scary thing is, as Paul was saying, if Kildangan get into their groove into fifth gear, they'll be very hard to stop. Um, but it's not as easy to turn it on and off like a light switch. The majority of the evidence we've seen has shown that they're not at full capacity. So, you know, maybe Clonalty can can benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Paul, just quickly on the two relegation semi-finals, uh, they're on tomorrow. Mike Harkey Burris against Aero Ganacarty de Nohal. It's in Clonolty at two. Temple Derry Kenyans against Mullinahone in Temple Moor at half past four. Who do you think um, is in a maybe a better place to maybe to to save themselves tomorrow afternoon? I think one thing we've learned the last couple of years is Aero Ganacarty once they're in the relegation, you know, they're just so hard to beat. They they always have that performance in them to get over the line. Even in the football last week went to extra time I think was it, was it against Aherlow and got the job done in extra time by a point so they're going to be always hard hard to beat in, in a in a relegation um, game for Mike Harkey then I suppose you know they had that performance against Nina so you know that's that's in Mike Harkey so it's just going to be a matter of what Mike Harkey shows up then I suppose the other game Temple Derry Templary drew the the short straw, I suppose, in terms of the group they were in being in with in there with Drum Thorless and Barcelona. But I, from what I saw, you know, I didn't think they put themselves to shame at all. I thought they were very good against Barcelona, just kind of faltered towards the end. And there was only a couple of points in it um, against Thorless for large parts of that game too. Um, but for Mullinahone then as well, they'll be kind of annoyed about that first game against Tumivara. I know they probably got the rub of the green with that goal, but um, I'd say Mullinahone and Temple Derry now, they're both the last two Seamus Arena winners, if I'm correct, and that's that's going to be a very close game. Probably probably give the, the nod to Temple Derry there, but you know, it's 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 only going to be a puck of a ball in it, like you know, Mullinahone are no slouches. And, um, but just for Temple Derry, I think Sean Ryan has been just unbelievable this year for them, so if he can keep up that, that pace, um, they should have enough to do it. No, it's uh, time for our first break. The lads are staying with me. Um, they'll be back. We'll be back after break to look at the Premier Intermediate uh, quarterfinals. 
Well, you're very welcome back to the show. And we continue our look ahead to the quarterfinal action in the uh, in the hurling championships this weekend. We're looking at the Premier Intermediate uh, quarterfinals now. And uh, Enda, I'll uh, come to you firstly because we we can't ask Paul about the Cashel v Burgess game because Paul is a a member of the Burgess panel. But um, I think Burgess have a I suppose the, all the pressure really is in Cashel here because I suppose they're seen as many people's favourites to have the the star names the Bonners the uh, the the Rhines the Browns but um, Burgess have momentum on their side they do and you know the group started out fairly shaky for them look I was in Nina the day they played Newport and they really were behind the eight ball once once they lost that match and somehow they managed to lose it they were in control for large spells of it um, look they were very good last day in fairness against um against Clonic Kenny inside and Thurless. Um a lot of players start have, have really stepped up to the mark. Johnny McQueen, um Stephen Murray, Donna Donna's in Parliament very well, Donna Matter. Um but Owen, Owen Hogan's been a real standout. He was very good last day. Um probably unheard unheard in that forward line. And you know when he's compared to Stephen Murray and the likes I don't does a lot of the scoring but Owen was very good in the inside line there, so up a lot of scores. He was a target man all day. And look, the, the group worked out well for them with St. Mary's um, been through before the final game. But uh, they, they won't care one jot. They got the job done. Um, and they're facing in their Cashel team. You know, they have rich talent all over the pitch at Cashel Fairness. But like, they, they don't have experience of, of, of these big games. And, um, you know, they're a young team on paper, really. They're not really experienced in playing in big championship matches. And um, so... You know, that probably evens it out a bit for Burgess. They'll have no no baggage and they'll have, you know, a free shot at it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, might well ask Paul about maybe Burgess's great rivals in, in Porto. They're up against Gurton Hu. I, I think Gurton Hu can go. I think this is this is splitting hairs, these two. Um, I don't know. I, I, I tip Port just on the basis that the tighter the game, the nearly the better they are. Like, and and, and you, 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 this is and as tight a game as I think is going to be this weekend. Games just suits them down to the ground, and yeah, Gurton who I suppose have had a, had a great year so far. They won all their group games. Was it Ballina, Killinall, and and Thurless B? But you know, they've they've come in group group favourites. But probably <laughs> Port is probably not the team they they probably would have wanted to get. Port just they they have an ability to get to squeeze every bit of uh, ounce of ability out of all the players they have, and um, that's to their credit. And they've got plenty of good players and uh, plenty of, of good forwards there and AJ Willis and John Sheedy and Ruan Marooney has been in great form for him this year so um, and then at the back you know Michael Breen and Robert Byrne and they've just good players all around the field are kind of a, a nice age of a squad a good mix of um, experience and then and then young fellas so um, yeah as you said uh, the closer the game the better for, for Port and I can only imagine this would be a close game. Probably two teams that don't know each other an awful lot, um, which makes it interesting as well. Um, but uh, yeah, hard hard to know how this one's going to go. I haven't seen Garton Hood this year. I've just seen the results on paper, and on paper they couldn't have asked for more. It's three wins from three. So yeah, I'm expecting a very close game, mm-hmm. um, and I'll, I'll stay around depending on how <laughs> on how our game goes. That's it. Um, end up back to you. Moving on to the Sunday, the the Ross Gray up against Turles Arsfields in Tumivara at one o'clock. Like this is. This is a a senior fixture. You're trying to put those two teams together, two tra- traditional yeah. powers. It's, but it's Ross Gray's first team against uh, Turles's second team. So like people have been looking, thinking Ross Gray should win this, but like that's that brings its own pressure too. Yeah, it's a sword. A lot of clubs have fallen on over the last few years when it comes to Turles's second team. Look, the, the numbers they have, they're going to be producing very good good hurlers for that grade, and we've seen that. 
Dundonish teams have been producing a lot of really good hurlers and you know they have to play for someone they can't all be on the first team so they have got good quality in that team Osprey you'd imagine are still favourites you know they've gradually improved as the championship has gone on probably started the year slowly for a lot of people um, weren't particularly great in the North Championship but they've gone about their business well in the county and Alan Tynan is back as well so he's had a few weeks extra training now and if he's getting back up to speed, he'll be a, a massive facet for them. Um, but they have a young team, in fairness, um, and they're just coming of age now the last few years. They would have been disappointed to get relegated out of Dan Marine, but look, they're, they're a team going in the right direction, and you know they're playing well. So uh, it's hard to know, really, with second teams like Turles and Kildang, and you, know, you don't know how they're going to be hurling, but um, look, they're there on merit. They bet some good teams to get to the quarterfinals, so yeah, Ross Gray won't take them lightly. Definitely not. And uh, Paul, just to wrap up on uh, this uh, quarter final, St Mary's up against uh, Silver Mines. Um, so St Blair, it's, I suppose after it's, it's, it's been a poor championship so far for South Tip Perlin, but St Mary's can can um, if they can get all the way to the finalists, we'll get through this weekend or within what one game of a county final up against the Mines battle hardened team this year. Three extra time games already in the championship. The one two of them. Um, Mary's favourites, but. You know about the minds that they, they, they're, they're they're sort of dip, confounding maybe the doubters with, with every game they play this year. Yeah, as I, it's kind of a contrast in championships for both teams. Like St Mary's won their first two games and they played ourselves in their third game and they they were able to rest a lot of their players and under nineteen lads who had a um, account or a under nineteen final the following day, so they they rested a lot of players against us. But yeah, on the opposite end, then like as you said, Silvermine's coming through extra times and they've had penalties and everything. And I think when it comes down to it, that'll that'll stand to them. Like you know, St Mary's, it's probably hard to know. They haven't had a proper test for probably over a month now, really. Like um, even in football last weekend, you know, it was it was no real test for any of the lads to, who play both codes. Like Seamus Kendi was kind of picking his spots when to go forward and when to not, and he looked he looked fit and ready to go. And as did Peter McGarry. Um, St Mary's favourites probably and you know they probably have to be they, they won their group and, and things like that but um, Silvermines I, I don't want to just put them down to a one player team or anything but when you have a player like Jason Ford you have a chance no matter nearly who you're playing um, now it's interesting to see what way St Mary's will go about that will they put Seamus Kendi on him and just try and hur- hurl from there but um, yeah Silvermines They've they've a lot of other lads who can pick off scores as well, but Jason Ford obviously is, is the main threat. Um, and as I said, when you have him, you have a chance. But St Mary's, yeah, as we said, opposite opposite sides of the spectrum for both teams in terms of uh, the battles they've come through. So really interesting to see um, how this game kind of plays out. If it gets close, you'd have to fancy Silvermines, but um, St Mary's are probably it probably won't let it get close. Maybe, but yeah, it could go either way. So hard to call that one. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, definitely in terms of the, the senior and premier intermediate quarterfinal action, some very, very uh, juicy ties this uh, weekend. I want my thanks to, to Paul Carroll and Linda Tracy for uh, helping us preview, preview the games. And you're at a game, I believe, at the moment. Uh, I presume it's a North, North quarterfinal, is it? That's right, yeah. So uh, it's about 15 minutes gone in the second half. Uh, two more winning well. We've, I, I haven't been keeping the score now since I've been on to you, but we've three goals got in the first half, so... We're in a good enough lead, I think. Two more against Bursley. Under 15A, yeah. North Court final replay, yeah. I think, as well. So. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And uh, we'll let you go. Thanks for joining us across the line. No matter, Shane. Thanks. 
And uh, just we'll go quickly through the uh, other uh, county championship fixtures this weekend. In the intermediate hurling preliminary quarter final, it's Clashina Kakash up against Boherla and Duella in Care at 3 o'clock. In the intermediate hurling relegation semi finals on Saturday, it's Kiladangan against, um, sorry, Premier Intermediate Hurling relegation semi finals on Saturday. In Dalla at 2 30, it's Kiladangan against Newport. And then on Sunday at 1 o'clock, it's Ballina against Carrick Swan. In the intermediate hurling relegation semi finals, it's Ballina Hinch against Ballybacon. Grange in Clonolty on Saturday at 3.45 and then on Sunday at 1 o'clock in Littleton it's Shannon Overs against Carrick Davins and now we also have four Junior A Hurling Championship quarterfinals there's a double header in Dundrum tomorrow Latin Cullen against Thurless Arsenal is at 1.30 Upper Thurston Band against Galtier Rovers at 3.15 and then in Cashel on Sunday there's another double header of quarterfinals Mile Rovers up against Burris Lee at 1.30 Tumivara up against Grange Muckler Bally Neal at 3.15 and also this weekend we have minor Hurling A and B Championship uh, quarterfinals. We'll just go through the minor A quarterfinal fixtures. Uh, Carrick Swan against Holy Cross Ballycahill. That's in Killinall on Saturday at 12.30. At 4.30 in Holy Cross, it's Gold Kilfeekel against Ross Gray. And then on Sunday, 3 o'clock in Gorton Hoo, Mike Carkey Burris against Killinall. And then in, Kil- in Kilcommon at 4 o'clock. Nina Erog against Nakavilla Donnesgay Kickhams. And then we also have under 13 county semi finals in A through. Be D grade, so it's a, a mammoth weekend of uh, inter of club action this weekend. It's a uh, time for another break, and we'll be back in part three with Camogie. And you're very welcome back to the show, and we turn our attention to uh, Camogie, where on Wednesday evening last, Dennis Kelly was announced as the new Tipperary senior manager, succeeding Bill Milani, whom he worked with as a coach over the past two seasons. Paul Carroll spoke with uh, Dennis Kelly uh, earlier uh, yesterday, and following his, following his uh, the announcement of his uh, uh, his appointment, and began by asking him about his delight in getting the job. Yeah, I'm sure delighted with the. Uh Getting the news yesterday evening there that uh, I was going to be the, the new um, manager. So, look, it was something I had in my head for a while. Um, you know, there's a great bunch of players in there, and I was working as a coach for the last couple of years with them, and I see the progress to be making, and I feel there's another step to be a step or two to be made. But, uh, you know, that's, that really enticed me to throw my hat in the ring for the for the big job, and I'm just delighted now. It's, it's a privilege for myself and my family to, to get the gig. You know, to be leading to Prairie at any level is, is a great honour. And you know to be leading this team out and, and managing this team for 2023 will be will be just brilliant, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it now. Yeah, and, and you mentioned there of the potential of this team, and I think before this year they'd made four semi-finals in a row, I believe. So they're they've been knocking on that door the last the last while. What do you kind of see as the kind of your your goals um, for this team? Yeah, we look at number one. I suppose it would be it would be uh, putting a bit of silverware on the table, whether that be your three three uh, possible. Um, championships that you can bring home silverware in, you know, the league and, and the, then you have the Munster Championship and the Ireland Championship. So I, I'd love to get some silverware on the table this year this year coming. Um, you know, that would be number one goal. And, and first of all, I suppose I'd have to get, you know, I've been looking in on the club championship there. There's a nice core group of players there. And I'd be definitely hoping to add to that with some, some more youth and, um, you know, building, you know, mixing the two together and developing a a team that will challenge. You know, we want to be able to challenge for these big trophies. There's no point in just making semi-finals now. Uh, you know, you need to really challenge and get to an all-out of final and, and challenge if, if possible. But look, that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a process and we'll go start that now in the next few days. Getting, getting. I'm still uh, putting a team together, management team, has put the final few touches to that. So once that's 
once that's sorted, we'll, we'll get it set about uh, putting a plan in place, you know, but I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, I know this, the, the, the group inside uh, that I worked with last year, uh, you know, they were really, really uh, committed to the cause. And, you know, when they put the temporary jersey on, there was no stone left unturned, you know, so I'm really looking forward to getting, getting back stuck into it again. And I suppose just on your management team, yeah, I was, I was going to ask you about that. So that's still uh, in the process of uh, finalising that at the minute. Yeah, so I'm going to wait until I have uh, some people lined up for different positions. But um, once I have everyone, every position filled, then we'll we'll reveal that. So look, at I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a strong uh, management team, and you know, people when they hear it, they'll they'll, uh, they'll be looking forward to seeing what the, this management team can do. But um, you know, it'll be down to the girls at the end of the day. They're buy-in. They're they'll be uh, and you know hopefully they, we've I've had a good relationship with a lot of the panels over the last couple of years and now it'll be it's, you know a slight change going in as manager but it'll be hopefully you know a lot of continuity like Bill Mulaney you know he laid a great foundation there for the last four or five years and you know it's about building on that now and taking it maybe a step or two further and you know you've been involved the last couple of years as as coach with the senior setup. What what do you think um, they need now going forwards to to build on on the last couple of years as you've said? Yeah, well, it's you know every year you're learning learning things. Um, you know we definitely this one need to develop game plans and you know just you can't just have one way of playing. You have to have two or three. I suppose I'd like to develop the panel as well. Uh, you know we'll be looking at probably getting the panel thirty five strong. That we can we can use and you know having training each night and letting you know fight for positions because you know last year it, between injuries and everything else numbers were low and um, you know it, it did affect us then because we couldn't really have as many in in house matches as we'd like you know and you're going to pick uh, we'll be picking our form we're looking at the club championship at the minute with some lovely uh, uh, you know talent on display and, and you know hopefully girls keep putting their hand up now for the next few weekends. And uh, anyone that's putting their hand up will get a chance to wear a temporary jersey. And, and you know, we, we go from there. And the panel will be open-ended. We'll, you know, there's no such thing as you're on it now and that's where you'll stay. You know, it'll be, as we go along, we'll hopefully, um, you know, there'll be changes made. And as well, we'll be looking at the colleges matches already. I've been getting information from some of the people involved with different colleges there about temporary girls going well. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on everything. And anyone that's putting their hand up will get a, a, a good chance. New Tipperary senior Camogie manager at Dennis Kelly speaking with uh, Paul Carroll and as he mentioned uh, he will be he has been and will be I'm sure over the next few weeks at a lot of the senior, uh, the, the club championship games uh, which are on including this Saturday's senior championship quarter finals which take place at 5.30pm uh, firstly Burgess de Harrow host Aero Ganacarty while uh, Turles Arsfields travel to Clonolty Rossmore and to chat about those games I'm joined by a uh, tip Camogie Piero Gerling Canan Gerling you're welcome to the show Thanks, Shane. Uh, just quickly, Gerling, just, just your, your thoughts on, on the appointment of Dennis and also of uh, um, David Sullivan as junior manager. Um, I suppose from the county board's point of view, great to have that process completed. Yeah, great to have the process completed and probably went on longer than they would have originally liked or planned. But um, I think, you know, the two right people for the job have been picked and, you know, it's two very passionate GA men and, and camogie, you know, coaches and managers and um, they've they've built up huge experience and and you know huge CV now between involved in different different teams you know hurling and camogie within and outside the county and you know in fairness to Dennis and David you know they both have great passion for the game and and 
I think the mix of, you know, the, the both, I suppose, have coached in, in the past and both have managed in the past. And I suppose they've seen both sides of it and, um, you know, have really developed themselves, uh, you know, as coaches and managers. And I think they'll bring something fresh to the to both the senior and the junior team. And uh, I'm certainly looking forward to see how they go and wish them very best of luck. And just on the on the, t- the two senior quarterfinals, they Burge de Har against Aerogannacarty, um, Clonoti Rossmore against Turles Sarsfields. D- d- will d- do we expect maybe the home advantage and maybe the home oh, two home wins here? Yeah, I think I suppose from a betting point of view, you know, definitely Burge de Har and Clonoti going on farm will be favourites going into the games, both games. Um, I think particularly Burge, I suppose Annacarty, you know, we haven't seen anything to suggest that um. You know, that they could beat Burge Duhara at the weekend. But at the same time, you know, maybe, you know, Burge just didn't set the place on fire against Silvermines. And Akarty certainly showed signs of improvement against Strom. But they'll need a massive, massive performance if they're going to get over Burge Duhara at the weekend. You know, definitely, you know, last year I've seen things, league final this year, I've seen things from Anacarty that would, would give them loads of chances against Burge Duhara. But just haven't seen it this year. And, um, you know, I've been impressed with Burge Duhara. I thought they were very good against Turtle Sarsfields. Like I said, what, what maybe Wharton has convinced against Silvermines, but you know they had reached the qualifying stages. Um, they were missing a few players like Amy Kendi, and them didn't start. So um, I think you know they've a few new in the management this year. Birds to hire. I think they're really focused this year, and 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 you know I suppose maybe the couple of years not winning the county titles. Um, you know I think the hunger is really back there again, and I'd be expecting a win there. Just you know, Cleaver Maher, Jenny Grace. Excellent there midfield. Ashton Kremen, I think, is one of the most underrated sub Camogie players there at centre back. She's, you know, Kier Hoonan, excellent in the goals. Uh, Kier De Maher, Amy Kendi up front. And then, you know, some nice young players coming through too, like um, Iris Grace there at wing back and Fiona Kerwin. And I just think uh, they'll have too much for, I suppose, on the Carthy side that hasn't really got going at all this year. But, you know, they still have the likes of Jean Kelly, Eilish McDonald, all need to be watched and all need to be marked. And, you know, certainly Birds to Ohio will have to be at their best, but I just think they'll have too much for them. And um, you say Clonalty probably dissimilarly over Turles Arsfields? Yeah, again, look, you know, on farm again, and, and you know, seeing the youth score Clonalty put up against Nina and seeing them in the group stages against Rome, you know, like that, they just look a bit further down the line in terms of development and, and you know, contenders for the county championship. Um, lots of experienced players, a good mix there again. Some nice young players as well, like Kate Ferncombe, Sophie Matters, only under 16, but, you know, she's a threat there in corner forward. Um, you know, it's good to see, like, Emer Burke getting on the score in there as well, and Kate Ferncombe, and, you know, Kate Ryan, I think, a centre forward, really hard-working. So, you know, it's not it's not just caught carrying the team but certainly Kosh is you know look, looks to be in flying form already this year and you know she's real fresh especially when she's in full forward I think that's where she's a real threat at club level and um, you know Turles Sarsis will be very disappointed with with the performance against um, Birds to Harrow but you know I expect a big game from Turles Sarsis I don't think they'll fear playing Clonty because they played quite well against them last year in the group stages there was nothing between them I think three points in the end you know they had the lead plenty of times in that game so I think you know it'll be a focus Turles Sarsis a confident Turles Sarsis going into that game but um, they really need to be like like Carty, I think they actually will need goals if they're going to beat Clonty you know I think if it's a shootout in terms of points I think Burgess and Clonty will both win but if if the likes of Torres Arthurs and Anna Carty can get goals maybe early on against the run of play, um, you know, anything can happen. And um, I think that's a tactic really that Torres should go for is look for goals. You know, it's probably something they don't get a lot of, but I think uh, that's that's the way I would go for it. Trying to beat Clonty is to run at them and run at them early and try and get the goals. Because like I said, if it's a shootout, I think Clonty just have more players that will 
that would win that kind of game. Yeah, two interesting quarterfinals, certainly. Jerling Canan as ever, thanks for joining us and across the line. Thanks, Jen. Uh, time for a final break, and we'll be back with Greyhound Racing. Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland because this runs deep. And we welcome Barry Drake along to uh, the show once more. Uh, Barry, I suppose time is against us, but we, we've uh, got to talk about tomorrow's uh, Irish Derby final. Um, the big night has finally arrived. Yeah, it sure has, um, Shane. Look, excitement is, is building now. Um, you know, plenty of uh, talking points over the course of the last week, discussions going on, and, you know, very much looking forward to it now, tomorrow night, live and racing post, Greyhound TV, Sky Channel 437 from 7 o'clock, and uh, on Virgin Media 2 uh, from 9 till 10, so, from you know, a, I like to look forward to it. Absolutely, and I suppose from a Tipperary point of view, we, we have two dogs left, and I suppose, uh, first one, leader in the betting, Callaway Pro-Am, and hopeful for Owen McKenna to go back-to-back. Yeah, what 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 a story that would be because Callaway Pro Am was owned by Dennis Murphy down in, in Killarney, trained by Owen McKenna in the win, came into the derby under the radar, but unbeaten so far in the competition. He's doing everything right. I think he's the best drawn dog in the final, drawn to perfection. He's got a slow starter in trap number two and I think it could be another famous victory uh, for Owen McKenna and I'd be fairly confident that um, Callaway Pro Am can get the job done. Quick start will be needed. He's very strong got pace everywhere 10 wins from 13 career outings and you know as I said um, I'd be going with Callaway Pro I'm in the final anyway and uh, killing all uh, Jennifer O'Donnell has uh, I suppose a, a fair chance in uh, Born Warrior yeah it has a massive chance because look it looks for all money that it's going to set the early fractions uh, big early pace greyhound just getting collared in the closing stages um, over the course of the last couple of weeks but the track is always really fast Derby final night so I know that Greyhound has lots of supporters and you know Jennifer O'Donnell is another wonderful trainer there in Killing All her mother has won derbies her father has won derbies so she'll be uh, keen to get the job done on Saturday night and look it's another leading player wouldn't put out anyone off it and um, you know I think the two Tipperary Greyhounds will battle it out for outright glory but I'm going to stick with Callaway Pro-Am Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as, as we saw last week, particularly the first semi-final where Kool Navani Hafe was w- went from second to not even making the final. Like the, anything can happen, really. Yeah, that's the thing. Look, it was very unfortunate what happened there in the third corner. But look, that's the joys of it. But look, it's all to play for. One hundred and twenty-five thousand euros to the winner. We're expecting a packed house in Shelburne Park tomorrow night, and I'm very much looking forward to being in attendance and hopefully shouting at Callaway Pro Am. Um, to victory because I have taken a bit of the, the 9-4 to four that was on offer earlier the week, in the week so I'm a bit biased there hopefully I will be collecting and just in the last 30-40 um, seconds anything eye-catching on the local meetings this weekend yeah look great racing in Canmill over the course of the weekend 7.30 start tonight Turles tomorrow night 7.35 start good racing as well in Turles I'm sure they'll have a good attendance that'll be watching Shelburne and back to Canmill on, on Sunday night 7.45 just one thing I wanted to mention last weekend a big shout out there to trainer PJ Tynan who had a lovely winner in Dundalk recently Hill Street Puma winning for Patrick O'Connor in uh, 29.07 I know they're great listeners of Tip FM and there's a Boris O'Kane uh, connection there so well done to them and I know PJ sponsored a lovely competition that came to a conclusion last night at Shelburne Park that was the Nancy Tynan uh, Memorial A4575 final so well done to PJ for sponsoring that and uh, wishing him continued success in the world of Greyhound Racing going forward and uh, nice sentiments there from uh, Barry and hopefully we'll be back last next Friday night to uh, review the Irish Derby final and hopefully Tipperary success Barry thanks for joining us and across the line 
Thanks so much, Shane. And that is it for this week's show. I want to thank all my guests and my producer, Paul Carroll. Don't forget our live offering on Tip FM this weekend. Four games on Senior Hurling Championship on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, after the news, it's Premier Country with Carl Power. Bye for now.